Hey, what's going on? This is DJ Sports. Uh, back again with another podcast. It's been a while since we had a new one, so we're happy to be back. Um, and today I have a special guest, Lucas, um, my my friend from the Fantasy League. Um, how are you doing, man? I appreciate you being on the show. Yeah, no, thanks for having me, bro. I'm doing well. Just, you know, hanging out on a, a casual Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> how you doing, man? I'm good. Good. Um, you know, just ready to get into it. I feel like we've got a lot to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let, let's get into it. So um, you can follow us on our socials, GD Sports Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Be sure to check us out and send us an email and we'll respond on the show, djsportspod at gmail.com. Um, so before we get into football, we have our beer segment. Um, and Lucas, since you're the guest, why don't you uh, go ahead and show us what you have? All right, sounds good. So I got this Sam Adams Jacko pumpkin ale. It came in one of those Sam Adams variety packs that I just happened to have. So I figured, you know, it's a good time to probably try it. So I'll go ahead and pop it open. Um, what do you got over there? So I have this uh, Belching Beaver peanut oh, okay. peanut butter milk stout. Um, I don't know nice. if you've ever had Belching Beaver. I, I have actually, yeah. I think they're from SD. I think they're from Oregon now. Are they? Hmm. I have a say. feeling. Yeah. I've, I, I actually like it, even though I don't like peanut butter. But peanut butter beer? Not bad. Funny how you don't like, have kind of you don't like peanut butter? No, not really. Really interesting. Um, so this is from Oceanside, actually. Oh, okay. There you go. Sweet. Um, so how's your beer? Let's see. We'll go ahead and give it a taste. Oh, wow. That's got a pretty strong pumpkin taste right there. Um, I thought it was actually going to have more of a beer taste, but, you know, you know, the pumpkin is a little overpowering. I'm not really like a pumpkin spice latte kind of guy, but, you know, every now and then I'm feeling basic. So nice. uh, I'd give this a six and a half. Yeah. Six and a half? I think, yeah, if it had a little bit less of a pumpkin taste, I think it'd be a little bit better. Let me take another sip. Just double check. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you want pumpkin? This is what you're gonna get right here. That shit smacks you in the face as soon as you take a sip. Uh, how's yours? It's good. It's pretty heavy because it's a stout, but um, uh -huh. yeah, you really get like a. It's basically like a peanut butter milkshake, I would say, but with alcohol. Oh, okay. What's the uh, percentage on it? 5.3. Oh, nice. Mine's at 4.4. So relatively light. It drinks light. It's, it's smooth. But, you know, this would be a good type of beer to have, you know, if, if you're up in the mountains over by the by the campfire or something like that. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like we're drinking like two opposite beers. Mine's like very heavy, dark. <laughs> yeah, I, I usually go for the stouts, but this is just what I happen to have in the fridge. So I said, hey, why not? Nice. Some leftovers from Halloween. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just kind of that time. You know, people bring beer over and they're like, hey, you know, it's Sam Adams Variety Pack, October time. So here we go. I think it came with uh, Oktoberfest beer and uh, like Smooth Ale and, and a few others. I think Winter Beer. It was called a Sweater Weather Pack. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I've, I've definitely had like uh, some Oktoberfests. Those are always good to have, you know, around this time. Yeah, and then there's some winter ales too that are pretty good. I'm actually, I'm a big fan of the stouts, especially when, you know, the winter comes around and it's not really right. the time to be drinking those super light beers. But I, I drink uh, almost any type of beer. IPAs, I'm not a big fan of everything else. I'm okay. You know, that's, uh, that's exactly how I am too. Not a huge fan yeah. of IPAs. Uh, my co-host Reese, he he loves IPAs, but um, I like stouts and like uh, ales and stuff. Personally, same. Yeah, I feel like you know the, those darker, heavier beers kind of speak to me more. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, on that note, let's uh, let's get to the football. So, I was hoping that before uh, we started this podcast, that Odell would sign with a team, but um, as of right now, Wednesday, three forty-two. He still hasn't been signed yet, but um, what do you make of the situation? And do you have any guesses on where he's going to go? Yeah, I mean, just to start, I think the Browns completely fumbled the bag with the entire situation. I mean, I think it's very clear that he wanted to leave. Uh, you know, they had trade offers. It, apparently, they didn't make sense. But I think anytime you're going to get compensation for a player, as opposed to just kind of letting him walk for free, you're messing up. So... Browns overall, I mean, even just the the situation getting to where it is, I, I'm very much on the Odell side, not just because I'm like a New York Giants homer, but also because I think they didn't give him the ball. I mean, this is the type of receiver where you want to target him. You want to design plays specifically for him. I get that they're more of a running team. Uh, you know, they like to do a lot of play action, but if you're going to invest this type of money and, you know, draft capital into a receiver like that, you want to get them the ball. So the fact that they got to the situation, I think is completely absurd, but here we are. Um, I think it's cool that he gets to decide his destiny, whereas he wouldn't have been able to with the trade. So that kind of works out in his favor. Uh, so I'm excited to see where he goes. I think he's got three potential destinations if I'm not mistaken. Right. He's now yeah. down to New Orleans, um, the Green Packers, yeah. and Green, uh, the Chiefs, right? But I'm hearing also that the Patriots are like a dark horse or in the mix. I don't know. What, what did you think of all the whole situation? Yeah. Um, so I was actually going to ask you, like, do you mm-hmm. feel like the Browns like did not use them correctly? But, I, but you, basically, like, you know what's funny? I feel like they, they had something figured out last year. Because before Odell got hurt, he, you know, there was that game against the Cowboys where he was just going off, right? He, they had him mm-hmm. on a jet sweep on that crazy trick play and like him and Baker had some chemistry. But I feel like ever since then, you know, they haven't been able to really connect at all. Um, and I think I think all parties are blamed here, like in this situation. I think mm-hmm. the coaches are to blame. I think Odell is to blame. I think Baker is to blame also. Like they just weren't able to, you know, for whatever reason, uh, build some chemistry like you see him with Jarvis and like I know him and Jarvis like line up uh different spots but like you know Baker's been able to get him the ball like for years now um and you know Odell what we think the more talented receiver they just haven't been able to really figure it out yeah and you would think that because they both came from LSU and there's such a dynamic duo there that they would have been that that kind of you know dynamic duo relationship would have translated well with a solid quarterback in Baker. I mean, he's not the best. He's not the worst. Probably middle of the pack. They're slightly better than average. 
Right. But it, it just hasn't. So I think Odell is to blame it partially as well. I mean, the way the whole situation was handled wasn't super classy. I mean, you got his dad posting this little IG video about him, which right. really is, even though his dad posted it, 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 OBJ signed off on it. He's like, okay, OBS, you could do this. Like, no worries. Like, this is my way of subtweeting or just getting the message out there that I want out. So I think he should have ideally handled it internally with the Browns, but, you know, reached the media. They made a circus out of it. So here we are. Um, yeah. yeah. But I, I, where do you want to see him go? Um, where would I want him? Out, out of those teams, I would say the Packers. Um, I think him and Devontae, you know, seeing them together would be would be great. Um, Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. I also have Rodgers in one of my fantasy leagues, so I think that would be <laughs> <laughs> right that way. But um, yeah, like the Chiefs, you know, I don't I don't know about the Saints because that offense has looked like you know pretty ugly, and you have what Trevor Simeon throwing you the ball mm-hmm. now. Yeah, Michael Thomas is like we don't know what's what we're gonna get out of him the rest of the season, so. But Sean Payne, I mean, he might be able to figure something out, but I would say Packers and Chiefs are definitely, like, the two best options. Yeah, I would actually agree with you. I mean, I think I'd love to see him on the Chiefs, but there's just so much uncertainty around that team right now, especially the offense. I mean, I know we're going to get into it later, but Mahomes has not been playing like he usually does. Right. I mean, I, I think part, part of it is, you know, the offensive line. Part of it is just him and his decision-making and I think the way defenses are playing him. But I think if you want to go to a contender, you want to win now, the Packers are your best shot. Although, I mean, I'm pretty sure Aaron Rodgers is going to be gone by the end of the season. So I think if you want to win this season, you go to the Packers. If you want to, you know, just win long-term, maybe the better option would be to go to the Chiefs. And, yeah, the Saints, I would, I would kind of rule them out as well just because, like you said, Trevor Simeon, you know, decent quarterback, but probably can't, you know, you wouldn't want him, you know, guiding you to the Super Bowl. And then with Jameis being out, he looked, he looked pretty decent while he was still there, but they don't even know if that's their long-term answer at quarterback. So I think too much uncertainty there for a guy that wants to play for a contender. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, so let's get to uh, Aaron Rodgers and his whole COVID situation. Uh, you know, we saw on the news his interview last week with Pat McAfee where he he's not vaccinated and he uh, took advice from Joe Rogan and has been taking, um, uh, I can't say it correctly, like incitement or Inver- Oh, ivermectin. Ivermectin, right. Uh-huh, right. Um, and he got, uh, you know, some backlash for that. He went back on the show yesterday and kind of explained a little bit uh, what he's talking about. But that whole situation is like, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's kind of gone zero to 100. What's your take on that? Yeah, so I actually saw the at first I saw the people blown up and saying, oh, my God, I can't believe Aaron Rodgers is quoting MLK. And, you know, he, he, he lied about the vaccination thing. So. I think when he said he was immunized, it's misleading. And I think technically it is a lie. So there's that. Okay, if, if it's a lie, it's a lie. You lied, you got fined. So there's that part. The other part, I, I'm personally vaccinated. I believe in the vaccine, uh, but I respect his decision not to get the vaccine. I think he actually had some solid points as far as, you know, 
the way the NFL handles the, the COVID situation and, you know, how they make them get up at five in the morning every day to take a COVID test. It seems a little bit like you're kind of inconveniencing them so that they eventually fold and get the vaccine. But I mean, this guy's a 37 year old that just won the MVP. So I'm sure his body and these decisions he makes are very important to him. So if he doesn't want to get it, fine. Like, don't get it. He, I don't think he wanted this to turn into a circus. I mean, he mentioned it during the, the first McAfee interview. Like, hey, man, like, I, I just want this all to be private. I think medical records and all that should be private. Uh, clearly, <laughs> it's not anymore. So I, I think it's, it's a little blown out of proportion. However, with this whole thing happening, I think he actually ended up winning. Like, I know it's weird to say, like, you know, that he won by getting COVID, but let's look at what happened because he got COVID. According to him and Joe Rogan and a few other guys, and I think there's an Israel study where they studied about two and a half million people, and they confirmed that you have better protection against COVID if you actually get COVID and survive instead of getting the vaccine. So if we're going by that logic, it's true. He has like a nine-month immunity and a better immunity from COVID than he would have if he would have gotten the vaccine. Uh, B, you know, the whole like contract situation uh, coming up or that was an issue in the off season with, oh, you know, um, he wanted out, you know, the Packers were like, okay, well, if you want out, then fine. We got Jordan Love. We got to see what Jordan Love is like. Jordan Love wasn't, you know, didn't have a great game. I'm not saying he's not going to be a good NFL quarterback, but, you know, if the Packers, if that was the Packers showing their hand, I don't think uh, they have a lot of leverage after that. I, I don't know. I mean, what did you think about just seeing Jordan Love and how he played? Yeah, so I watched most of that game. Uh, he did not look good at all. And I feel like for about, uh, like, 75% of the game, Matt LaFleur was like putting the training wheels on him, you know, like mm -hmm. they were running yeah. a lot. He wasn't throwing anything past like five yards. Um, mm -hmm. And like, you can tell he was like, you know, just kind of out of his depth um, and not really prepared, which, you know, it's not surprising because they only had a, like less than a week basically to go from having Rogers to, and now you have to play against, you know, Kansas city arrowheads, a tough place to, to play in. So for your first start, like, um, you know, you can kind of expect it. Um, but like you said, we're going to get into it. But the Chiefs uh, also looked pretty bad, too, that game. They only scored 13 points. Um, you know, the Packers looked terrible the entire game, and they were right there at the end uh, after that Lazard touchdown. So, um, Yeah, it was a very winnable game. I, I definitely agree with you on that. The Chiefs, I mean, I'm a Giants fan. I watched the game last the, the week before. And we could have won that game. We had multiple opportunities to win that game. We right. didn't, you know, but the fact that we were kind of in the ballpark, it, the whole game it was a bit, should be concerning to them because even though I love the Giants, they're not a very good team this year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of things to be concerned for with the Chiefs. I'm not saying they can't turn it around. They definitely can. And they technically are since, I think they just put together back-to-back -back wins there, but still, you know, not the same kind of confidence you had with the Chiefs last year and the year before. Um, so as far as the whole Aaron Rodgers uh, vaccination thing, 
Do you think uh, the league handled it right with, you know, just finding them? I think it was almost $300,000 or something like that. Um, so, yeah, my, my, I would say, like, um, other than Rogers lying, then, like, you know, it's also uh, kind of not fair for, like, other unvaccinated players. Like, he was just, like, walking around with the mask and stuff, like, doing press conferences with no masks when, like, they have rules, like, you know, they're supposed to wear a mask at all times. So, I think that's that was also like kind of um, you know unfortunate on Rogers' part, I would say. But like the fine um, also feels like a slap on the wrist. I feel like you know they they have to pay like fourteen thousand dollars or something, um, <laughs> and like I mean that's you know basically nothing. And I saw a report that other teams in the NFL are furious on how the the uh, the NFL handled like the punishment. Um, so it's not surprising because I think. Uh, CD Lamb, like he got fined more for uh, for the taunting penalty. <laughs> so really, how much yeah. did he get fined? Um, I think like thirty. Thirty thousand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, like I really wonder how they come up with these dollar figures. Like, hey, we're gonna find you this much. I right. Mean, is there a scale? Is it you know a level one, level two offense type of thing? It feels so arbitrary. Like it does. <clears throat> like you know, still get. The Packers got fined 30k, but like Roger Goodell will suspend Brady four games because he feels like it. Like there's, it doesn't make sense. It's all just like, uh, kind of like whatever they feel like, you know, punishing. Yeah, it, it's really weird. So, I mean, I think there should have been some sort of punishment. I don't know if he lied to the NFL or if he lied to the media. I believe he lied to the media by saying he's immunized, but I, I believe he told the NFL at least according to his interview, what his vaccination status was. I think they're aware and they were aware that he was going to proceed without being vaccinated. Okay. I know that the Packers definitely knew. um, And I guess he, he like went to his, uh, he had a personal doctor and Mm -hmm. he, he like sent reports to the Packers saying like the personal doctor declared him immunized and the Packers like didn't accept the report because like it wasn't, you know, one of, one of their doctors or something. So it's just a strange situation all around, I think. <laughs> yeah, it, very strange. I mean, if he really is, I think I th- allergic to the first two, like the, the Moderna and the Pfizer. Okay, I get it. The J&J, you know, it's a little bit concerning that, that, that I think they recalled it for a little bit and then they put it back on the market. But hey, you know, as long as he does whatever he has to do to be an unvaccinated player in the NFL and maybe dial it down a little bit on the complaints about all the things he has to do, then I think it is what it is, right? Yeah, it's, uh, you know, he's. I'm sure he's going to be back on the field Sunday. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's like at the end of the day, it, this guy's a moneymaker for the NFL. There's no way they're going to spend him, you know. It, right, especially – like halfway in the season right now they're like we're in, it's like crunch time you know there's a lot of a lot of big games yeah they just lost one of the two games the only two losses that they had so they're definitely not looking to you know continue losing games or disadvantage themselves and the nfl wants to keep you know him making money for them right I think well, he, yeah. yeah state farm is like yeah like we don't agree with what he said but we're still gonna you know keep him as a spokesperson and of course, come on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's uh, speaking of State Farm. Let's uh, switch to another quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. Um, 
he, like you mentioned, you know, we, he's been struggling. It hasn't looked the same, um, the same offense that we've seen the last couple of years, you know, like just the juggernaut uh, offense that looked unstoppable. They, they seem to have a lot of flaws and um, is it just like them losing Sammy Watkins or like Clyde? What do you think the issues are? You know, I, I think they earlier in the in the season they were struggling to run the ball, so they became almost kind of one dimensional. It's been harder for them to run the ball, especially without Edwards Alaire. But you know, he's yeah, I think he's going to come back eventually, and that hopefully should get resolved. The offensive line, you know, they're not the most talented group in the NFL. They're, I don't think they're the worst either, but you know, having an inferior offensive line to what he had uh, last season and the season before definitely doesn't help. So I think this is a team that can still go uh, a ways deep into the postseason, possibly even the Super Bowl, but they just have to get it together. I mean, if if you know you're deficient in one area like the offensive line, you got to scheme around that. If you know that you've been struggling to run the ball, then maybe – you find creative ways to run the ball. Maybe you do some more jet sweeps to Tyreek Hill or something like that. Uh, maybe more screens. That's technically an extension of the running game in a way. But I think all the problems are correctable. I mean, you probably won't find offensive line help at this stage of the season. Running backs, I mean, you, you can't really trade for one. If, if running back was really that big of an issue, I think they would have traded for one. Uh, they didn't. They did trade for a defensive. No, it was a defensive end. They traded for Melvin Ingram from the Steelers. So I think they're aware of their inefficiencies, both on offense and defense. I know we're supposed to talk about offense now, but I think awareness is step number one. At least they know, hey, we're, we're not just going to pretend everything's cool and try to fly by. They'll, I think they'll make the adjustments, but we'll see if that actually comes to fruition. What, what do you think about it? Yeah, um, I think it's a, you know, combination of of just like Mahomes, you know, you got more tape on him, you know, defenses. The NFL is like very good at, about like, you know, um, just kind of figuring you out and making you adapt into new situations because the league like is so quick at, at catching up to everybody else. Um, so I think that's part of the reason. And like, like you said, the lack of a running game has been huge. And I also feel like there's just like something's off with their chemistry, you know, like mm-hmm. and Mahomes has been forcing it a little too much. You know, he, he's been trying for some of those risky plays that, you know, he's used to completing that we see all the time, but now this year, you know, all of a sudden uh, he's throwing more picks. He's, he's just making more bad decisions and you know, when he's uh, doing those uh, crazy, like, you know, scramble plays, it, it looks good when it works, but when it doesn't work, you know, you're just scratching your head. So yeah, <laughs> I think you're, I think like he, Andy Reid told him to kind of slow down a little bit, you know, um, and the last couple of games, they've been running a lot with uh, Daryl Williams and we saw Derek Gore score touchdowns. So I think um, when Clyde comes back, which should be in a couple of weeks, we might see just more reliance on the run game, um, trying to give Mahomes some of a breather. Yeah, I think anytime you can run the ball effectively, it takes a lot of pressure off of your quarterback. So I, I think getting Edwards Alaire back is going to help a lot. But overall, just improving the running lane, getting you know bigger holes open, I think it's going to go a long way as well. Um, and I agree, you know, the, the whole having more tape on someone helps a lot. I mean, the fact that 
I think these past few weeks, they, they their offense has been held to, you know, just over 15 points or so, maybe 20 points uh, against the Giants. And I want to say only 13 points against the Packers. Packers are a decent defense, but yeah, this is an offense that's expected to put up 30 easily every week. So right. got to get back to that somehow. Yeah, let's uh, let's stay in the AFC West. I wanted to just quickly talk about um, Broncos Cowboys. We that was like one of the bigger upsets I think we had all season. You know, the Broncos were up thirty to zero at one point, um, and all of a sudden, you know, every single team in the AFC West has five wins, so that division looks you know wide open. Um, like, do you have a, you know, do you think it was more of the Broncos just had a, uh, you know, an amazing game, or like the Cowboys just you know didn't show up? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, the I think Denver really uh, put a lot of effort into stopping the running game, which made the Cowboys one-dimensional. Um, Dak did just come back. I think he was out a few weeks, and there was a bye week, so some of the chemistry was lacking there. I know he, he missed a few throws. Um, there was a deep throw to CeeDee Lamb that would have been a wide-open touchdown that he just overthrew. So... Those are some of the issues uh, that, you know, obviously went in the Broncos' favor. But they're starting to put it together. I mean, early in the season, they looked very good, and they went on somewhat of a losing slump, and now they're back to winning, or they just won one game. You think that they might be back. Offense is looking a lot better with Jerry Judy. I mean, I think when you think of the receivers they got or just the weapons overall, you've got Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and then you've got two or no font, of course, Fant, font. I think Fant. <laughs> Fant. Okay, and then you've got uh, Melvin Gordon, that other running back that just kind of came out of nowhere and had a monster game. Devontae. You've got some pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You've got some good weapons there that are gonna help your average quarterback. You know, Teddy, two gloves not an all-star quarterback also not bad you know you kind of think of him as more of a game manager but hey if he has all these weapons I think it's they, they can at least have a better chance of winning the division I mean it's still up for grabs right yeah yeah how do you how do you see um I guess that game and, and the result how it ended up playing out yeah so I mean, I th- I look at Cowboys. It's definitely like a, one of the contenders in the FC, um, mm-hmm. and I, I think there's just a bad matchup for the Broncos. Uh, you know, they're like a, a heavy run run first offense, um, and Dallas' defense has been pretty good this year. You know, that's why they have a good record. But they were just able to to get it done. And Teddy doesn't really make too many mistakes. You know, he doesn't. He's not going to throw like a, you know, three hundred yards, uh, three touchdown type of game. But he he won't really uh, turn the ball over. And sometimes that's all you you need to do when you have a good defense. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're right. I mean, they've got some very talented players on defense at I think every position level, um, you know, especially in the back end with Justin Simmons. But I think whenever you can, you know, you play to your defensive strength and your offense does just enough to win, even though they put up 30 points. I mean, that's a lot for offense to put up. Um, I think you have a good ch- chance of winning. The Cowboys are a contender, as much as I, you know, hate to admit it, and I'm a, a, a Giants homer. I think they are one of the NFC contenders. I think that they're looking like they're going to run away at the division. But either way, I think 
Worst case scenario, they'll definitely make a wild card run. And from there, who knows? I mean, the uh, the defense has, you know, exceeded expectations up until this point. This is probably the first game where you can argue that the defense kind of let them down, although the offense let them down as well with them trailing pretty much the entire game or actually the entire game. I don't think they ever had a lead. So I think offensively they'll, they'll put it together. They'll be fine. I mean, Dak will get back in sync with uh, his receivers and just kind of being on the field. And then on defense, I mean, the front seven, you never really worry about them. The back end, I think, is who you really worry about. Can they continue to get it done? We'll see. Only time will tell. Yeah, uh, I'm really looking forward to see how that AFC West division plays out. Uh, you know, it could it could you know be anybody. Yeah. What do you make of the Raiders out there? You know, the Henry Rugg stuff was unfortunate. Um, he was uh, having a, a great season. You know, I, I think he's really talented, but uh, they obviously don't have him anymore. Um, I think the Raiders like they're they're like one of those teams that can lose to anybody, but they can also beat anybody on a good day. You know. Yeah. Uh, we we saw them beat the Ravens, who were really good. You know, mm-hmm. the season they always give the Chiefs a tough time. Um, you know, you just have to like cut out some of the turnovers, the penalties that that we see. Um, and I think they could. You know, they have a good running game. They have uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro, good receiving core. Um, and the defense is uh, is hit or miss. But I think with Derek Carr is playing well, like you know, they they can. They can like sneak into the wild card for sure if they don't win the division. Yeah, I think Derek Carr is having one of the better seasons he's had. Um, we'll see how uh, the entire season comes together. But so far, I think most people have been uh, impressed by Derek Carr. He's definitely exceeded expectations. Um, you know, I, losing Henry Ruggs was big, but luckily you still have Darren Waller, who I think is almost like their number one receiver. I mean, the other day when he played the Giants, they lined him up as a receiver. He ended up with like nine catches, almost 100 yards. So if you need a go-to receiver, you've got him. They run the ball very effectively. Um, I think defensively, they get good pressure off the edge. Um, you know, their secondary is hit or miss, but I think the linebacker core is pretty solid. So yeah, that division is totally up for grabs at this point. It, it, it's really hard to pinpoint and say someone is going to win it. Um, who would you put your money on? Uh, I mean, I feel like, you know, I should should be saying the Chiefs, right? I feel like, you know, at some point we're going to figure it out. But um, honestly, if I had a bet right now, I would say the Chargers. I You know, I think they're very complete on both sides of the ball. I like I like Brandon Staley. I think he's a good coach. Um, yeah. You just need to get some consistency going, and I think they can, you know, be a real contender in the AFC. Yeah, I actually agree with you. The Chargers, you know, <laughs> missed all the headlines and all the all the wacky stuff going on in that division. They're kind of, uh, I wouldn't say forgotten, but they kind, they're kind of flying under the radar there. Uh, Justin Herbert's looking very good in his second year, so – I think the sky's the limit for them. So I would agree with you and go with the Chargers. Yeah. So since you were here, I wanted to uh, kind of just do a question about the Giants. Like, how do you, how oh, do you okay. feel about, about the roster right now, their season, and just, like, the future ahead? 
Oh, man. Okay. So I would start by saying the general manager, I have no idea how Dave Gettleman still has his job. I mean, he's been a colossal failure at this point. He's had some wins. You know, Daniel Jones actually looking pretty good. I know everyone gave him a lot of shit for taking him so high, sixth overall that year. And really a year that there weren't any amazing quarterback prospects. But, you know, He's looking okay. The offensive line is a complete mess. You know, even when we get our left tackle back, I think, and and we lost two starters at the very beginning of the season, but even so there's just no depth there. It's, I don't know how they put together such a decent, you know, running attack against the Raiders last week, but not, not a great, uh, I think roster overall, there's some pieces there. You know, I think, uh, on the offensive side, we obviously have a lot of talent at receiver. You know, Kenny Galladay, Kadarius Tony is looking great. Sterling Shepard is was on pace to having you know a, a career season, and you know he's he's been in and out with injuries. Uh, Evan Ingram, very inconsistent, might be putting it together. I don't know. Surprised he didn't get traded. Saquon, I you know you want to see more of him, especially a guy you invested so much in, second overall pick. And he just hasn't been on the field. I think he'll be back um, uh, right after this bye week. He had a, uh, what we thought was a minor ankle sprain, ended up uh, keeping him out three to four weeks. But I'm excited to, you know, see the full complement of the offense. I, I don't think we've seen that. Uh, maybe we've seen that, like, for one entire game the entire season. Yeah, I'm talking, you know, our, our starting left tackle out there, who's been out the past few weeks, Saquon, uh, our top three receivers. Uh, I, I don't – there we haven't seen a lot of that. So when we see all of that, I think we'll, we'll be better equipped to make a judgment. But – I think as far as decision-making goes from the front office, it's been very bad. Uh, defensively, again, there's some pieces there. We, we, we gave Leonard Williams a lot of money. I think he's making around $20 million a year. So, you know, that, that's Aaron Donald-type money, which he's no Aaron Donald by any means. Um, he's a good player. He, he, he's been a little up and down this season. I think some of it might be tied to the whole, you know, getting paid. And I was like, ah, I could show a little bit. But I think uh, outside of that, you've got uh, a corner and James Bradbury who kind of took a step back. We spent a lot of money getting a Dory Jackson. He's been, you know, up and down this season. Xavier McKinney is looking good. He's uh, had a couple interceptions the other week. So I think he's a good piece to build around there. But I, it, it's really going to, de- the future of the team is really going to depend on who the GM, who the next GM is, assuming he gets fired, which I, I don't see how he doesn't. I think going back the past three years, he's, he's had a horrible record. I think tied with the league worst since 2017 uh, with the Jets. So that's basically crying and saying like, please like come hire a new guy. The, the head coach, Joe judge, I'm optimistic on him. I think, you know, we, we got off to a very slow start this season, which was concerning. I mean, the, the games we did lose, we, lo- we lost by very small margins, you know, one or three points with the exception of that horrible blowout against the Rams. But I think, 
he, you can make a case for him staying. I wouldn't mind him staying an extra year. The, uh, the general manager, though, I think has to go. Um, so that's kind of my assessment on the Giants. So what do you, what do you think about them? So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting for Saquon to come back in one of my leagues. So Oh, yeah, for sure. Albini comes back, you know, uh, back 100%. But, yeah, I, I, I do like the receiving core, as you said. You know, you have a lot of talent there. And, like, Kandarius, um, he's shown flashes of being, like, a, like you know, just an athletic freak of nature. To yeah, me. So. very explosive player. Like, it's one of those you get the ball in his hands and you just – your eyes are glued to the TV. Like, what's this guy going to do? Yeah, so I, I think, like, you know, he's healthy. Um, Daniel Jones, like, you know, a bit more consistent play from him. And there's some building blocks from the future for sure. Do you do you feel like they need to move Saquon at some point or? Um, I wouldn't. And, and I think uh, another thing I forgot to mention was actually ties into the whole Saquon thing is Jason Garrett. I have no idea how he still has a job. He is <laughs> – just such a bad offensive coordinator. I mean, it, I think our offense lacks identity. You know, you want to think we're a run first team, even though we pass a lot more and we're pretty successful at passing, ironically. But there, there's just no consistency in the offense. And I know some of it has to do with injuries, but the play calling, I mean, I sit there and I watch these games. I'm like, why would you call that right now? You know, you, you talk about, you're, you're just inside of field goal range, for example, and then you call, uh, you know, a, a backward screen or some sort of play that could potentially lose you five yards. It's like, you know, points are needs to come by and you're just going <laughs> to gamble it all away like that. And, and when you gamble, it's not the right time. I just, I think when it comes to Saquon, he can be a very good back in this league, especially in this offense you just got to give him the opportunity. And I'm not saying he hasn't had the opportunity, but when the play calling is so bad, there's only so much you could do. Um, I think part of it kind of comes down to him as well. I mean, he's the type of guy where, you know, you give him a whole, you give him a run at the middle, he might try to bounce it when it's not really there. So there's some things he can improve there. But if you invested a second overall pick in him, I think you give him at least that fifth year option in the contract and, you know, see what you have there. Yeah. Um, they definitely need to throw the ball to him more, I would say. I, I agree. I mean, the, his best game this season was against the Saints. And what did they do? They threw to him. He had a beautiful streak down the sideline and scored off of that. So he had, he can be a receiver. He can be almost like a receiver. So I, I agree with you. Definitely get him more involved in the passing game. Right. And speaking about Jason Garrett, like, I don't know how the Giants thought, like, that was a good idea to hire him after all. You know, they saw him at, at Dallas and thought, like, yeah, that's what we want, you know. Um, that didn't yeah. make sense to me. I'll tell you why. So uh, they hired Joe Judge, and then the, uh, the front office or ownership basically recommended that they hire Jason Garrett because he was a former uh, staff member and had head coaching experience. I mean, he does. But they basically hired him as a hedge, as a way to hedge their bet on Joe Judge, because Joe Judge at the time had been a receivers coach and a special teams coordinator, never been a head coach. So like, hey, you know, this could go south. So in case it does, why don't we have an offensive coordinator who has a lot of head coaching experience? And 
I mean, I think it's pretty obvious it didn't work out. I don't think that Joe Judge wanted this guy to begin with, but, you know, he's kind of, he, he, I think it's currently stuck with him, but who knows what will happen at the end of the season. But I think at a minimum, at the bare, bare minimum, Dave Gettleman, the GM, and uh, Jason Garrett, the offensive coordinator, have to go. Those are non-negotiable, at least for me. And I think most Giants fans would agree. Yeah, um, yeah. and as a non-Giants fan, I agree with you too. Like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. think, I don't think Joe Judge is the answer. Um, some of the things he does are just don't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a lot of other uh, people in the media as well that agree. You know, our beat writer, Jordan Renan, he's always saying, like, yeah, I, I think a, a mid-season firing would be dramatic, but I mean, who knows? Because at this point, time is of the essence. Like, especially if you're thinking about, <laughs> you know, turning the entire thing on the head. Who who knows what's going to happen? Right, right. So let's uh transition to the Browns Bengals. Um, mm-hmm. the blowout for the Browns, and that division is also up for grabs. We saw the Steelers win um, Monday night in a close game. So, do you have a a pick that you think is going to come out of there? You know what? This is actually something I said in my other podcast. I firmly uh, believe in it. I think three out of the four teams in that division wound up making the playoffs. There's a lot of talent there. I agree. It is a complete toss-up. I think the Ravens have a slight edge over the other teams in that division. But when, when you look at the division, you're like, man, every time they play each other, they're just going to completely – try to annihilate each other. I mean, you saw Cincinnati blowing out the Ravens last week, which made you think, oh, wow, like, you know, these guys uh, are are serious, and then they come back and lose to the Browns. So not that the Browns are a bad team, but, you know, they're they're not as highly regarded as uh, the Ravens. So it it was definitely a a bit of a shock to me, especially that the, the, the margin of victory was so wide. But um, I think that the Bengals are still a little young, so they're still kind of figuring it out. I think they have to figure out how to cope with all the success as well, because you're probably, you know, feeling invincible after beating the Ravens like that. And then, you know, you visit the Browns or the Browns visited them. I forget where they played, but reality really smacked them in the face there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they, and they also lost to the Jets uh, the week before, too. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so... It's uh, it's a very up and down team. Um, I think uh, amazing talent there. Definitely a lot of talent for the future. I mean, between the second year quarterback in Joe Burrow and you know his now favorite target Jamar Chase, that they're going to be you know succeeding together for many years. Um, and we'll see where they end up. I mean, they're running the ball effectively, which is a bit surprising considering how bad their offensive line is. Um, and then you got the Browns who, you know, once they got Nick Chubb back, <laughs> you know, full steam ahead, uh, which is good because then it opens up the play action and some of the other, uh, you know, passing elements that you weren't really seeing while he was out. So, I don't know if is do you know if Kareem's if Kareem Hunt is out for the rest of the season? Uh, I'm not sure. I th- I think he'll be back at some point. Um, okay. I do know that 
that Nick Chubb was on the COVID list or still is on the COVID list? He just got on, yeah. So I think he's out for this week, and it will probably be Dearness Johnson starting in place for them, who isn't a bad backup either. You talk about a third-string running back who I think got 140 yards in his first start. So Right, that, that game pretty, on the night, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. So a pretty decent option there, good depth. Um, but as far as the division goes, I'd probably see the Ravens taking it and more likely the Browns and the Bengals getting a, a wild card spot if they bo- both don't get one. The Steelers, I think at this point, are kind of outside looking in just because of how ben, Big Ben's looking. And I know they got some injuries now. I think Claypool's out a few weeks, so that's really going to hurt their chances of trying to get into the playoffs. Um, yeah. How do you see the division shaking out? Yeah, um, I have to agree with you. I feel like with Lamar, the way he's playing, uh, Ravens are, which I would say, are the favorites. Uh, you know, him and, and Hollywood Brown have really been, you know, you know, exploding this season. Um, that defense is still, you know, good enough. Um, mm-hmm. I think they have probably the best coach in that division too. So, uh, right. I, I would give the nod to them. Okay. Yeah. And as far as the game goes, I know you wanted to talk about the Browns and Bengals. Um, I think it's it's a, it, a very good uh, performance by the Browns. I just want to see that more consistently. You know, um, I know defensively and offensively they're very talented. Um, we just haven't really seen that talent being put together consistently. So if we can get that from them, I mean, sky's the limit. But right. uh, do you do you feel like they're pretty inconsistent as well? Yeah. Um... You know, I feel like it kind of goes with Baker. You know, how do, how does he play? You know, <laughs> yeah. what type of game is he going to have? But I also think, like, people Baker gets a lot of the criticism. Um, but I think at the end of the day, like, this offense, this whole team basically is going to revolve around Nick Chubb. I, I think, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's the centerpiece and really the engine of it. Like, you know, he was out for a couple of games, and we can see, like, you know, the drastic difference in the offense. Um, they're, they're a run-first team. You know, they – have uh you know they, i think they have a, a really good offensive line and then you had cream out too so obviously that's going to be a huge difference um on how your offense is going to run so i think as long as nick chubb is healthy like they'll they'll be a contender for the playoffs for sure like we saw how they played last season yeah you're right i mean it, you, when you think of the browns you think of baker mayfield but really it's nick chubb that kind of gets their offense going i think they just gave him a, a big extension during the offseason too so if you want to see how important, you know, a player is, just follow the money. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, I can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. So before we wrap up, um, I want to do like a quick fantasy check-in. So what this okay. is, is like, I don't know how many leagues you're in, but like mm-hmm. um, you can just talk about all of them or just one of them and just kind of see like how your teams are doing and like how you're feeling about uh, just the playoff playoffs coming up pretty soon. Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm in three leagues right now. Uh, one of them is with a bunch of comics uh, kind of in my local scene. Um, that's like a sleeper. Uh, first time doing sleeper. It's like uh, 12 teams, but two uh, QBs. So it's a little different, but I'm adapting fine. Uh, other two leagues are just standard 12 uh, man leagues. You know, I'm in one of them with you, another one just with a bunch of college buddies. So I kind of made the mistake of drafting a lot of similar players and 
I think it was more based on value and kind of where they landed in the draft. So, for example, Chris Carson, I believe I have him in all three of my leagues, and he's been out the past few weeks. So that's definitely hurt my team. Um, I've been doing a decent job as far as, like, picking up uh, other players to start uh, in place of him. Um, I picked up Leonard Fournette in a couple of leagues as well. So he's been like a, a surprisingly good addition to the team, which I know going into the season, you weren't sure, is he going to get the majority of the carries? Is uh, Rojo going to get the majority? Is it going to be a 50-50 split? I think a lot of people kind of um, underestimated Leonard Fournette. So I said, no, this guy's solid. I think he's going to do great. So that's why I drafted him in multiple leagues and uh, that ended up paying dividends and still is, knock on wood. Um, <laughs> uh, let me see what else I had as far as I, – I, you mentioned Hollywood Brown earlier. I did draft him in one of my leagues, and he's doing amazing, you know, way better than expected. Uh, I think everyone thought of him as like a middle-of-the-road receiver, and now he's trend, turning into a, a very solid uh, WR1 and potentially even like a top 10. Um, I don't have him in any of my leagues, but man, I've been so impressed by Cooper Cup. You know, not just outside of fantasy too, just the, the things he's been able to do that the astronomical leap is crazy. I mean, right. who would have thought he'd have like such good chemistry with Matthew Stafford so early on too? Yeah, um, like instantly, you know. And then Matthew Stafford too. I mean, he's Talk about a guy who came with a heavy price tag. This guy is immediately paying dividends. I mean, he was worth the two first-round picks, or was it three? Was it three or two? I think it was two in a second round or two. Two in a second. Yeah, I mean, hey, if I'm the the Rams, really don't care. I don't know if you saw, but I think um, Les Snead, the GM, that uh, had, a, had a mug, a coffee mug that I think it said, fuck your picks, <laughs> fuck those picks, like, he yeah. really doesn't care, and, and hey, I agree with him. You know, he, next year they don't have a pick until the fourth round, but all the talent they got and that they're gonna have for the next season, it doesn't really matter, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, as a Rams fan, you know, I can't complain. Uh, you know, the, the team's been looking great, and you know, draft picks like I don't want to say they're overrated, but they're very questionable because. You know, I look at a team like the Raiders, who if I think they just cut their first round pick from last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, so you never know how they're going to pan out. And if you have like a known commodity, someone like Matthew Stafford, you know, why not trade for him? Like you or even someone like, you know, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey, like you wish Mm -hmm. one of those draft picks were even like close as good to one of those guys. So like, you know, why, why take that chance? And so far it's, it's, uh, you know, it's working, but I feel like we have to win soon. Otherwise, it's all going to come back and hit us, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think everything comes at a price for sure. It's not like we haven't seen anything like this in the past. Maybe not as aggressive, at least as far as when I've been watching football, I haven't seen such an aggressive push towards, you know, a win now, uh, you know, fuck the picks uh, kind of attitude. But it's definitely there. So I'm excited to see how it plays out. I think... You know, they lost to the Titans last week, so you, you get a little concerned, but at the same time, it, it the Titans are a very good team. I think they're very underrated. I think their defense is very underrated, and I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with when Derrick Henry comes back. Even now, I mean, hey, if your offense puts up just enough points and your defense does that good of a job, I think 
the sky's the limit. You think Derek Henry's going to come back this season? I think he'll come back for the playoffs. Yeah, I think they said six to ten weeks. Um, and I forget what week he got injured in. Was it week eight? Week eight? That sounds right, okay. yeah. So even if you take the worst-case scenario, you know, it, from week eight, you're looking at week 18, assuming you get the surgery done within the same week, which I believe you did. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we do have, luckily, 18 NFL weeks this year. So if they can get them back for that first round of playoffs, I think they're good. And who right. knows? I mean, maybe, maybe they get the number one seed and they get a first round bye, which gives them an additional week to come yeah. back. Now, yeah, that would be huge. I don't, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the rest of the sk- their schedule looks like, um, but the, their division seems pretty easy. I think they still have a good amount of division games left. So there's a chance that he can come back um, definitely for the playoffs. And I think most definitely if they get the number one seed. Um, Fantasy-wise, I think he's been good while on the field. I mean, you know, if you're talking about yards, non-PPR, he's probably the best running back to have. I feel like most leagues now are, are uh, either half or full PPR. I mean, do you have any leagues you're in that are non-PPR? No, all three of my leagues uh, that I'm in right now are half PPR. Yeah, kind of weird how they, they kind of forced it on us. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, it's almost like uh, I, I was one of those people that didn't want PPR um, I, because I don't believe in the concept of you get a point for catching the ball. You know, you get a, even if it's a half PPR, you get you, you catch a ball, you gain zero yards, you still get half a point. Like, that just doesn't make sense to me. That's kind of like to me, having like that participation trophy kind of mentality. Um, but I mean, it is what it is, right? You, it's just something you got to factor in. So yeah. if you're drafting a, a receiver like a, like a Deshaun Jackson, for example, he's probably not going to get a lot of volume, but he'll get you, you know, possibly that 50 yard catch, that 80 yard catch, or, you know, those catches with the TD. So just something to take into account, right? Yeah, I think um, it's just, like, so I played standard for a long time, like, for basically, like, you know, first eight years or nine years I played fantasy. Um, I think it's just, like, for a little more balance, I guess, the running backs were getting too, like, overpowered. Um, mm. so. Overvalued, you mean? Overvalued, yeah. Yeah, I and I agree with that because when you're playing non-PPR and you have a running back that's going to, you know, get 20 carries a game, that's, I mean, dude, yeah, that 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 is extremely valuable, and there's very few of those running backs out there. So in a way, the the half PPR kind of does uh, tilt the scales out of their favor and just makes them a little bit more equal to other players. Um, however, the full point PPR that puts uh, you could argue more value on the receivers, especially like a Devonte Adams, who you know is going to get you know five to seven catches minimum per game. I mean, right. It, Hard, hard to see you taking him instead of a, a Derrick Henry, you know, nine times out of ten, right? Assuming yeah. they're healthy. Yeah, so I guess yeah. half is like the balance. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Other fantasy notes. Um, I think, oh, you know who's who's been uh, surprisingly good 
uh, addition, or I guess uh, up and coming fantasy player, Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. Which, yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'm in the dynasty league. Someone dropped him and I picked him up. And I cannot believe that someone dropped him. I mean, we have such deep benches. I think we have 10 bench slots in this league. And someone dropped Dawson Knox. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's having a breakout year. He's going to be even better next year. Like, how could you drop this guy? But hey, I mean, has lost my <laughs> my gain. Yeah. Um, ten slots. And, it's really deep benches. <laughs> yeah. It, it's I don't I don't know if it's ten. It, it's definitely more than five. I could tell you that. Um, but I was really surprised. And I think you know tight ends and fancy are so hard. It's so hard to get. There's so few like top tier tight ends in fantasy that you know getting someone like that I think is huge. Or even you know trading for someone like him could be huge. Right. Um, yeah. How are you doing in fantasy? So um, in one of my leagues, I'm three and six. It's been a, a struggle. Um, I had last week I had Aaron Rodgers, Derek Henry and Henry Ruggs. Um, oh, so I actually had Henry Ruggs in all three of my leagues. I had to drop him, oh, <laughs> you man. know, um, so that, that league is, is, you know, I'm doing okay in my other two, but that one, like I'm fighting for the playoffs. So the good thing is that we have eight teams that make the playoffs. So mm-hmm a little easier out of 12 um and i'm fourth in points fourth or fifth or something but i've just lost a bunch of close games so i just have oh, to man. make some moves uh get back to it um another league i'm five and four i think sixth place so doing okay just got mccaffrey back um and then in our league um i'm actually i'm six and three in second place doing pretty well that's definitely you know best league i'm doing in getting saquon back um i have lamar and, you know, during the draft, I was a little worried about taking Evans and Godwin back-to-back uh, as my receivers. Oh, really? I thought it was a little risky. But uh, so far, it's been it's been pretty solid, you know. Um, Godwin's been consistent. Mike Evans has those games where he'll get you, like, three points or something, four points. Mm-hmm. But he also has, like, those three touchdown games that were, where he'll get you, like, 25, 30 points. So, um, you know, um, six and three, can't complain. <laughs> Yeah, I would say uh, you might want to consider trading Mike Evans, um, depending on, you know, where the trade deadline is in those leagues. Uh, I know in our league, it's funny, I'm middle of the pack. I think there's uh, a few different teams that are five and four, and I think I'm one of them. Uh, so we're all there. There's like four or five teams that are kind of stuck there in that same record, but I have very few points for. I think I might have the fewest points for. Um, out of all those teams. So I got to get, you know, a couple more wins to solidify my playoff spot. Okay. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm doing okay there. Like I said, uh, I had Chris Carson there. I'm getting him back soon. Um, I'm getting uh, hopefully Dalvin Cook back uh, within a week. I don't know how long he's going to be out. Um, but luckily I have his, his backup. So that's good. And his backup actually does pretty well. Uh, I think Alexander Matheson. Madison, he yeah. usually, uh, you know, performs uh, just as well. Maybe not exactly as well, but he'll get you double-digit points usually when Dalvin Cook is out. Yeah, um, I had I actually had him in one of my leagues, and I traded him for Damian Harris because the Dalvin Ooh. Cook owner won Madison so badly, you know? <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I almost dropped him, and I was like, wait, <laughs> thank God I didn't because, you know, this guy is COVID. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's definitely one of the better handcuffs to have. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm looking at the standings right now, and you have 901. 
uh, someone else has 910, 959, 927, 956. So, yeah, just uh, you're on the seventh place right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You're same point. So, like, wait, 9 and 21? Like, no, 921. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully I get those points up, too. I've had... I've had Tannehill too, who, you know, he's not a bad quarterback, but fantasy wise, he doesn't get you a ton of points. So I might consider trading for, you know, a better quarterback at some point if, you know, I can find a decent trade package there. I usually prefer the, those trades where I, I, I'll send you a replacement and I'll, and I'll give you another player, like a two for one instead of, you know, just a straight up like receiver for quarterback or something like that. But, who knows? I might have to look and see what people want to trade. Are you looking yeah. to trade anyone? Um, right now I'm pretty happy with my team. Um, okay. you know, like you said, maybe Mike Evans. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I could consider that. You know, AB's he might be out for for a couple of weeks, so oh. you know, we'll see. We'll see how that situation goes because if he's out for a while, then you know I have no reason to trade him or Godwin right now. Um, right. But I just, yeah, I just want to see my team at full strength, you know, with Saquon back. Uh, oh, I bet, yeah. Yeah, just kind of um, go from there. You know, I think we still have a couple of weeks until the trade deadline. So. Yeah, I hear you. But yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, Lucas. I appreciate it. Um, do you want to you wanna plug your podcast before you head out? Oh, yeah, sure. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, so my podcast is called Division Rivals. Uh, you can find it on YouTube and Spotify. It's, uh, you know, comprehensive NFL coverage with uh, me and uh, two other co-hosts. Uh, I'm a Giants fan. Got another Giants fan there and a Cowboys fan, which is why we call it Division Rivals. And we have a lot of fun. Uh, we make sure to cover the entire NFL and don't really get into our teams until the very end because that's when we really start. Uh, bickering at each other and you know kind of going at it but it's a great time uh check us out uh if you ever want uh to see some of a somewhat of a fun kind of more uh dynamic nfl podcast uh we're all comics too so we have a lot of fun make a lot of jokes um yeah man dev i had a great time here i i hope you continue you know doing more episodes and and sticking with this thing yeah thanks man appreciate it um you know, would love to come on the, your podcast at some point if you guys would have me. Um, I know yeah, we were about doing it in person, and you know, I hope we can make that happen one day because I feel like it would be a lot better, you know, than over Zoom. Yeah, for sure. I know we record at a local comedy club in Huntington Beach, so um, it, if we can get you on soon, we'll definitely reach out to you. All right, sounds good, man, and uh, appreciate you coming on as always. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, man. Take care.